Welcome back, everybody, to Extra Reverb. This is episode number four. I'm Whoa. your host, World Famous Secret. Back again with my co-host, Coker and Jacob. Oh yeah. And I can't even I can't even say Lusa Domino because I'd have to say Coker Eastler as well, and it would just be a bit unfair, you know? No, you don't. You could say Sweet Tuesday. Oh. But we're well, not well, let's just <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm back again with Jacob and Coker. We're going to talk about more things audio, more things music. And uh, so we got some things. So a big overarching topic to talk about today is DAWs, a.k.a. Digital Audio Workstations. Uh-huh. This is the program that we make music in. It's Everybody the has their own DAW of choice. And uh, we're going to talk about ours. But first, before we get to that, Coker has an announcement. I have a new album coming out March 27th. Again? Yes. Yes. The Mr. Three Albums a Year strikes again with his first album of 2020. Uh-huh. What's it going to be called? It's called What a Strange Dream. You did. You heard it here first, everybody. It's going to be called What a Strange Dream. Better track record than Owl City, Mr doesn't release a single song in an entire year more than he released the rabbit song that doesn't count that's not an official yes, release song no, it doesn't. yeah but i mean in the long run who's gonna sell more records owl city or me you uh, at this rate <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like just like coker is a platinum selling artist except each each of when those you combine the is sales one sale. of all his 55 <laughs> albums each of that each one of that million is one sale of all of his albums yeah (coughs) wow excuse me i have a cold or a flu or i'm dying all the above probably i blame coker he was sick first is why we didn't upload last week Uh uh-huh and now i'm transmitted my i transmitted my sickness over the the internet way to go guy I gave you a computer virus. Best not catch me in North <laughs> Carolina. You're screwed. Anyways, yeah. um, so tell us more about what a strange dream. Tell us about the inspirations for it. Tell oh, us yeah. about the I would love music to. in it, and like what's different, what's the same. So, uh, if you watched the first episode of Extra Reverb, you would know that I had a project called um, Walls. That ended up never coming to fruition and ended up becoming very semi into uh, the wide of their eyes. Uh, However, uh, there were still some tracks off of that that I enjoyed that never ended up getting released because I was stupid and decided not to put them on the album. Uh, And so eventually I began recording the album after that. which, you know, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, so it doesn't really take me that long. And, um, I guess I shouldn't really be like that. If I have a lot of time on my hands, I should spend more time on tracks, but I'm not that way. Uh, and so I, I recorded a bunch of songs for it. And eventually I just started realizing, I was like, man, that walls was really good. Walls was not a bad album. I should have released it. And so what, what a strange dream is, is basically I've already released the tracks that were supposed to be the big headers of walls, you know, the phone that never rings and wall, not walls, sorry, the phone that never rings and fly. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, But, um, uh, and so I decided to basically make this new album, basically attempt to sort of be what walls could have covered the topics that it could have been and how it could have been portrayed and uh, particularly the idea of dreams came about from an album called uh, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. It's an indie rock album from the 90s, and it has to do a lot with dreams. A lot of the lyrics are inspired by dreams that the writer had. And that album sort of inspired me. I was like, well, I should try writing songs about my dreams, you know, and stuff that I experience, you know. And so a lot of the songs, some of the songs that are on What a Strange Dream are actually outtakes per se from Walls, but for the most part they are all new songs. So for example, um 
going over a bit of the track listing here. Uh, you never know the opening song that was originally the opening song from Walls. Stars Tonight was also from Walls, and then that's when it starts to change up. Those first two songs were the first two songs from Walls. Stars Tonight, in particularly, is a very much indie rock inspired track. It has a lot of single coiled riffs in it, a lot of experimental sort of psychedelic mixing in it. It's really inspired by contempt the modern indie rock scene that we have right now. Uh, so then track three, uh, life is my friend was originally for, uh, was, was recorded for this album. It was recorded for, uh, when I was, it was recorded while I was making this album. So it's a new song. Uh, calling you also fits in that category. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a bit more inspired by indie rock than stars tonight is, but it's still in that realm. Uh, walls. What more can I say? That was supposed to be the title song from it. Uh, down was supposed to be sort of like, uh, to be part of the trifecta. It was supposed to be in, in walls. It was supposed to be a trifecta of phone that never rings fly and then down and down ended up not getting put on, uh, Wide of their eyes. And so I put down on this one. Uh, After the Dream uh, is also from Walls. However, it's this one is a bit remixed to fit in the mastering because it was mastered very differently than what a strange dream was. So it's a bit, it's changed a bit from the original. Uh, Real Love, uh, long story short, originally I had planned to do a cover of the Beatles song Real Love on this album. However, I realized I didn't feel like I, I couldn't, I wasn't going to pay the license for it, you know? So I decided to write my own song, albeit different, but still called Real Love, uh, because I wanted to keep a song on there called Real Love. Uh, you're hurting. Why? You're hurting. Why did you want to keep a song on there called Real Love? I felt like, I felt like it would, I don't know. I felt like it was nice. I feel like having all, I feel like real love is a good song name in general. And, you know, I couldn't, obviously I wasn't going to just straight up rip off the Beatles. So I decided to just simply write a song that was completely different and make the chorus involve the phrase real love. And then I would have a song called real love on the album. So yeah, in a sense it sort of is nicking something from a Beatles song, but uh, it's rather different when you listen to it. Then there's one that uh, I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure Jacob's familiar with. Uh, a re a cover. This is technically a cover, but uh, it's of a song I did a long time ago, or not a long time ago, but like two or three years ago. Called real love, called not real love, called you're hurting, or you're hurting, and that was one of the a long time ago when I first started learning guitar chords. I one of the first chords I learned was the E chord and the A chord, and so I wrote a song completely just comprised of the E and the A chord called You're Hurtin'. And I remember I had just gotten finished doing Heart Paradox with Jacob. And so I said, hey, can you do a collab with me? And Jacob goes, all right, I'll do a little collab with you. And so he helped out with the chorus and part of the vocals on You're Hurtin'. And so I re-recorded it for this album and um, made it much better than the original. And uh, so, yeah, it's actually the you oldest know, song on technically the oldest one on this album. Okay. I got to tell you, I, I honestly don't remember this. Like, I'm not saying you're you wrong. Don't I, just, remember I don't that? remember. I, f- I don't, it's not on the top of my head. Like, I feel like I need a little reminder. You'll, if I, if I played it for you, yeah, I bet remember. I remember instantly, but I, for, <laughs> I yeah. don't remember what, you're, what song you're talking about. Uh, so the next one is uh, called Candace. Uh, and Candace is, a very it's a very sad song when you hear the lyrics it's not it's this is where the neutral milk hotel inspiration comes in because neutral milk hotel wrote a lot about tragedies and stuff that happened in history and they would write about you know in particular the you know they write in a very personal way uh and so that's how i did this song candace which is about a girl named candace newmaker and it's tr- it's very sad what happened to her. Don't I'm not gonna say it here because I don't want to completely kill the mood, which it would if I mentioned what happened. 
just if if you want if the people watching this want to see they can look her up and find out but it's it's not graphic or anything by the way it's not like it's not like you know something su- like inappropriate or anything it's just like it's it's just sad you know so that's why i don't want to really mention it uh so the track after that is called love love is a it's actually it's it, the name sounds like it's going to be happy but it's not it's a very well, in order to not get this confused with real love, can we call this one fake love? You could call it fake love if you want, but it's it's not that going to be called that when it's out. So fake love, I guess we can use that to separate it. Fake love is a, um, it's a bit, it's not really, you know, love as in it's singing about love. It, this, the person singing, or technically me, the person in the song is like calling someone love. So like, like one of the the main choruses, love, have we taken it? Have we broken it? Have we ruined it too far to be repaired? And it's a, it's a bit more of a somber song, you know, real sad song. A lot of these is sad song, you know, cause walls was a sad album, you know, uh, I wasn't exactly going through the best time while writing the original walls album. And I wanted to sort of reflect that and in a way and I, I and the thing is is I've said this before I originally made walls as a way of making fun of people who you know wrote songs that were just all oh I'm sad I'm sad everyone sucks I'm good I'm sad you know I, I didn't like that but inevitably through writing those songs I ended up actually making myself that way and that's why I wasn't really going through the best time writing walls uh, and so that's why a lot of the songs on this are a bit more sad. So then the next track on here is one that I've released as a single already, but it's a different version uh, called Lonely Eyes. So Lonely Eyes is inspired by punk. It's inspired by not really, not not just any punk, but mainly 70s pop punk. So, uh, groups like Buzzcocks, Ramones, and that's what really the inspiration is for this. And it's very lo-fi the album version at least the uh the single version is very well is actually produced it sounds produced you know it doesn't sound like it's just a band getting together and recording a demo you know but that's what i wanted the album version to sound like so when you hear the album version it sounds it's not poorly mixed but it's mixed in a way to sound amateur and it's done in a way that doesn't make it sound completely you know terrible but if you get what i'm trying to say uh so the next track on it is kind of funny. It's it's rather oddly titled "The End," and uh, I th- Austin's heard this one before. It's a very experimental one. Uh, I used a thing from the Spitfire Labs plugin called the Tape Loop Warble, I think it's called, and that and the Scary Strings from Labs, and those combined together, along with my vocal on it, it's uh, it's meant to be just like. It's about, it's sort of meant to be, what I wanted to do was I wanted to make it where half, some people would re- listen to it and think, oh, this is creepy. And then some people listen to it and think, oh, this is rather peaceful. You know, it does, it has that effect on people. I've, I've played it to people and some people will sit there and be like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And then some people hear, oh, well, that's kind of, that's kind of relaxing, very peaceful. And it's just the way it's you know, the chords and stuff with the strings in the background, the way they're playing. That was a voice crack. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I hope y'all didn't hear that. Um, uh, you know, and then, um, so that right after that, it, it, the, or the orchestra near the end just builds up and up until it leads into the next song, which is called nothing lasts, which is another pop punk seventies, pop punk inspired song. Uh, and that one is just about, you know, not trying to, basically it's a song about minding your own business, not letting other, not really being so caught up in your own self that you want to make other people's lives miserable because you don't think something they're doing is right. Even though the rest of the world thinks what they're doing is okay. You know, like the people who just sit there and see like, Oh, someone is, you know, Oh my gosh, I can't believe all these kids on their phone. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, but everyone else in the world's like, not you know happy about it but i mean they're chill about it you know you don't have to be all up in their business about it it's their business mind your own you know and that's what the song's about 
And you the, don't have to be all up in those people's business either. I guess I shouldn't. I guess I really shouldn't. Uh, McJuggernuggets just liked my retweet, not the flex, but I'm dabbing right now. <laughs> and the retweet had nothing to do with McJuggernuggets. It's because just saying he's following me. So he saw it and he was like, yo, I'm going to like this tweet and I feel good. McJuggernuggets sounds like a cool dude. He is a cool dude. I bet he is. Um, and then I'll, uh, going back to the topic, though, the, the final track on the album, the 15th track, this album has 15 tracks. It's almost 50 minutes long somehow. <coughs> Oh goodness, I just coughed again. I, I, I the pop filter is useless at that rate. <laughs> uh, Don't cough in the mic then. It was hard. I mean, I didn't expect it to come, it just popped out real quick. Oh, uh, so the final track on the album is called Not So Strange Anymore. Uh, if you for my first album, uh, keep in mind by the way, this album's coming out one year after my first Sweet Tuesday album. It's that's why I want to have each of the albums synced up by date so that you know when. You know, say Moon Thoughts is hitting its three-year anniversary. Not, you know, what a strange dream is having its, you know, two-year anniversary. You know, it's not because I want it to be confusing. I just it, it feels I want to be able to just have like a day where people are just like, yeah, well, these albums came out on this day. You know, if people can pick out which one they want to celebrate, if they do celebrate, I hope they don't. Because these albums are not celebratory. These these albums are not worth having a party being like, oh, you guys come over to my place. We're going to listen to Moon Thoughts by Sweet Tuesday. If you do that, I will be sad. I'll be I'll be worried about you. Well, there goes my plans for the day. I'm, I'm going to do I'll it be, despite I'll bit, you. I'll be a bit. I'll be a bit. I'll be a bit honored. I'll be like, oh, that's nice. But I'm going to be like, dude, you like you could be listening to like Pink Floyd or something on that. You day. could be listening. listening you could be listening to, to Owl City and you're listening to yeah. you're listening to Sweet Tuesday Moon Thoughts, you know. But um so because it, this album came out is coming out one year after my first album, uh there is a track at the end funny enough called Not So Strange Anymore, which is a so the first album I made had a song on it called Strange Girl and all all the people who've listened to my stuff actually they really enjoy that song. Which is funny because um, it's very much inspired by maybe some people would argue Rep Borderline copied uh, from a group Big Star and their songs because there were theirs were a lot like that and even used the same. I think I even had my capo at the same fret as a lot of theirs, uh, and it's it's still a different song, different chorus and everything, but like uh, still a lot of people liked it. A nice little finger picked acoustic song. And, uh, you know, something I would, I went further on with white of their eyes, but not so strange anymore is supposed to be sort of like an update to that. So like you hear the story about strange girl from the first album and you know, you're thinking, Oh, what happened after that though? You know, that's what the song's for. And it starts off. What's I, what I love about it is when you, when the album comes out, you'll hear it. It, it starts off different. It starts off very, like, rather different from Strange Girl. And then right near the end, it becomes, it sort of slowly throughout the entirety of the song until right near the end where it slowly, it just changes into Strange Girl to the point where literally the ending is just like me doing the chorus to Strange Girl again, but with different lyrics, you know? It, I, I really enjoyed recording that one too because it was, it was fun because the thing is that whole entire album was, much more complicated compared to any of the other Sweet Tuesday albums, you know? I mean, The White of Their Eyes was basically just me playing an acoustic guitar with no bass or anything throughout most of it. And then, you know, Moon Thoughts came to me like that, you know? It was just quick. I didn't really have a mm. hard time doing this, but this one I actually had to take time, you know, a whole lot of time to make sure everything was right. I had to remix everything, you know? I almost, this is crazy too, I almost lost the entire archive of all my music that I've made since 2018 when I didn't even have, you know, distro kid, I almost lost all that stuff while making this album. And I don't know how, but like something, somehow my, all my entire archive got deleted on iCloud. So like I could have almost just not have been able to make this album. Thankfully I was able to restore everything, you know, but, um, 
yeah, I almost lost everything. And thankfully, Let this be I a didn't. PSA to you kids. Always get an external yeah. hard drive or any sort of a yeah. data storage little, even if it's a little USB drive. But everything important, especially music. I have like three different backups of all my music projects on it because you never know. And I also have a main external hard drive that's just for backing up my entire computer. I started doing yeah. that recently. I, and I need to get an even if you hard think drive. it's unless you know it's a waste of time or you think it's a pain in the butt. Just remember, dude. It'll help. You know, It'll help out in the end. If if you're screwed, uh, if you know if you lose everything, you're screwed unless you have it backed up. Like, no yeah. whining and crying about it will fix it. You just gotta back it up. Even if yeah. use Google Drive if you have to. You know, do anything. So when yeah, it comes to music or yeah. video. And so yeah, this album was just way more complicated than the last ones. And so not so strange anymore was a fun one to record because it was something that it was. A style I was familiar with, you know, something that I was, I had done before and I wanted to keep doing, you know, not too much, but still. And uh, it worked great as a finishing for the whole album. And it's funny is that there's, uh, I think there's like three songs on this album that are all four minutes and 41 seconds. Like they're all the same length. Uh, Love is four minutes, or no, sorry, four minutes. Love is four minutes and 40 seconds. Not So Strange Anymore is four minutes and 41 seconds. And Down is four minutes and 41 seconds. They're all like within that, like, yeah, like one of them's one digit off. But I mean, that's super close timing. Fascinating. Which I think is odd. But um, yeah, you know, I'm super, I guess I, I did the thing I said I probably shouldn't do in the first episode, which is I rambled, you know, I rambled a whole lot. But I mean... Yeah, that's the album that's coming out March 27th, guys. I hope if you listen to it, I hope you enjoy. So maybe we should get onto the topic where we said at first, which is the Dawes. That was a nah. super long announcement. That was a super long announcement because I started rambling. Well, anyways. Uh, so do the, you guys want to start the actual podcast episode? Actually, <laughs> yeah, everyone. All right, we got to clap, you guys. Come on. All right, clap sync. Clap sync. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very, the very, the fourth episode of World Famous Secrets Podcast Extra Reverb. I'm joined here with uh, Coker. Eastler, a.k.a. Sweet Tuesday, and Jacob, a.k.a. Lucid Domino. And before we start this episode, Coker has an exciting Greetings. announcement. I do. My new album uh, called What a Strange Dream will be out March 27th. Yeah, and it's going to have a lot of cool songs on it, so be sure to check that out. Because I wrote uh, all of them. And also... <laughs> And also, Coker has another announcement. Yeah, I am finally on Spotify's algorithmic playlists. All that so, hard work has worked has paid off. It's finally worked out for me. You know you've made it when you're on Spotify playlists. You want to talk yep. about how you managed to do this? Yeah, so basically my um my my sister, she has these playlists that she has. Now we were chilling in the car, you know, she's taking me somewhere to go get the family food and she goes, and we're talking and I go, Hey, do you have any, do people listen to your playlist? And she goes, yeah, people listen to my playlist. And I go, so, uh, do you think you could put me on there? And she was like, yeah, sure. I could put you on there. And she put me on there and it got to the point where I was like getting like five plays every single day. You know, I was getting so many plays somehow. And I broke like a hundred plays within like a week, which, you know, like I had been dormant for like a, almost that entire year up until that point of like 25 plays, maybe up until that point. And then eventually out of nowhere, I check my artist page on Spotify and all of a sudden it says, you know, a little thing where it says your audience, it's going through all everything. And it's like, Oh, people's own playlist, your profile, you know? And then all of a sudden I see a little thing at the bottom. like, excuse me, is that what I think it is? And it's it 4% of your plays have been from Spotify's algorithm playlists. And I'm just like, dang, dude. You know, it's crazy. How do you have time to make as much music as you do, Coker? How do you do it as a high school student? I have a lot of time on my hands. My, I, my teachers barely give us homework. 
I don't really have a lot of chores at home. My parents really don't want me to get a job yet. I don't know why. So I just have a lot of time on my hands. It's, it seems like you never deal with uh, with writer's block. Is that true? Uh, Mainly with lyrics. Lyrics is really it. Uh, you know, like once in a while I'll have like the old... Once in a while I'll have the old, you know, writes a song records it and then forgets about the project, you know, but, um, for the most part, when I write something, I usually finish it at some point. Wow. You know, whether that be a week that from then is or a you know. skill that every producer could learn, including myself. Anyways. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Dawes today, like we said before, and, Jacob, how about you go first? Tell us about Reason, all the great things that you can do in Reason, and why you like it so much. So let's let's just have a. Excuse me, let me just cough. You could cut this out if you want. <coughs> Got to clear out the phlegm before I talk for twenty minutes. The lung butter. <coughs> let's excuse me. In your throat. So, a uh, little story. You know, you know. I I may have talked about this before. I started with FO Studio Eleven. Uh, you know, quite a few years ago now. Uh, and then I used FL Studio 11 slash 12 for a little while. But then I discovered Adam Young. And Al Studio became my favorite artist. And then obviously I did nothing but stalk him and figure out what type of music or what type of DAWs and equipment he used. And one of the first few things I saw was that he used Reason a lot, especially the older versions of Reason. So that's when I was like, hey, I'm going to pick up a copy of Reason 5 just to play around with it. I know I'm not expecting to like it because FL Studio is awesome. This is foreshadowing. I didn't like it. And so I installed Reason 5. I would slowly do both. I was trying to produce music with both of them. I would do the, eventually I was starting to do the instrumentals, which were really bad, by the way. And uh, Reason. And I would record my vocals with FL Studio and try to pitch correct it with Melodyne. That was kind of ambitious. I, I can't even, I don't think I can even do that now. So I eventually kept using Reason 5. But then I think it was June of 20, I want to say 17. Uh, Reason version 9 came out and they introduced, I think, Pitch Correct. Uh, you could do, it's kind of like Melodyne, but inside of Reason itself. They had a couple other programs. So from there, I started, I downloaded the free trial. I was like, hey, it's pretty awesome. It's the full version of Reason. And then after those 30 days, like, crap, I didn't, I now want to keep using it. So what if I just uninstalled it and got the trial again? So first I tried to uninstall it. I installed it again. Uh, I found out that doesn't work, but I found out if you make a new email account, just make a new account with Reason, then, you know, you could do it. Long story short, I did that for like a year and a half before I bought Reason 10. But anyways, I kept um, using Reason. I got really into it. So here's the thing. Lightweight. I <laughs> I started using Reason because of Adam Young, but now I use it just because it's just I genuinely enjoy it as a DAW. I feel like it's easier for a beginner than people realize it is because a lot of it really is drag and drop. Uh, you can honestly make an entire song just a sequencer and never really mess with the mixer or the uh, the rack. I mean, you should. <laughs> you really should, but if you don't I necessarily had, have to. If I had thirty days. With a pro, with like a DAW, I probably would have had a whole EP done by the end of the thirty days. Well, that's uh, that's where we're different, buddy. Okay, guy. That is where we're different. You show off, little little chump, little chump, little 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 sardine, little wheezy, little weezer. <laughs> I am a little. I am a little wheezy. You you're Damn. right. I am a little wheezy. <clears throat> but keep, please so, continue. I think the main thing I like about Reason. Is I love the I love Reason Sequencer. I feel like it's one of the easiest to work with, and it just makes sense, you know. Uh, it's relatively simplistic, and I like how the UI isn't all over your face like Logic or Ableton. It's not like just everywhere. It's like oh, I don't know what that does. I don't know what that does. Everything's big, and all the things you need is right there, but it's not super complicated. You don't have them all the complicated tools in front of your face confusing you. Everything's kind of there or all the, you know, some of the effects and stuff that you need to use. It isn't hidden in menus. You have to go scrolling through and figure out as a beginner. It's just kind of all well, there. I mean, Logic's just sort of like, 
Logic's only really like that if you have advanced tools turned on. Without it, it's like just like Logic with like two other or GarageBand with just like two other things added to it. I don't know. I I still think Logic. I mean, is to still be fair, to be fair, I, I had it. To be fair, I can't really say anything because I started off with GarageBand, so I, I'm I was already sort of used to the whole Apple, you know, DAW UI. You know. Yeah, the interface. Yeah. yeah. See, I use GarageBand and as like an iPad and iPod and stuff back in the day. So going into GarageBand now, it's not that complicated, but it's more complicated than you think. And there's a lot of things you could do in GarageBand itself that actually surprises me. But anyways, I feel like Logic it would be intimidating to most. Uh, well, honestly, any doll would be intimidating to a beginner. Yeah. But I feel like, a lot of them. I, honestly, I feel like the best way to go, in my humble opinion, is if you're an absolute beginner, I honest, part of me would say FL Studio because, you know, everyone uses yeah. it and it's kind of easy. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say Reason. And the reason I say that is because, one, it's very drag and drop friendly. It's kind of, it's there. You see pictures of what the instruments do. You don't have to go like, oh, what does a DDX-12 do? You have to figure it out on your own. No. You see the picture. You play, you plop it in, and then when you plop it in, that same menu populates with patches. So all you gotta do is drag and drop, boom. Uh, the buttons are nice and big. They're not like little tiny buttons that you're like, oh, what the? Well, I don't even, I don't know what that little freaking squiggly symbol means. And I don't, this is where none of you guys can call me out for for being wrong, and that's Reason Tutorials. The people from Reason, formerly known as Propellerhead Studios, but they recently changed over to Reason Studios. They make the best tutorials I've ever seen from a doll maker. The people who themselves who make it make the tutorials. They are excellent. The only reason I actually started getting better at reason pun sort of attended was because of those tutorials. And, you know, obviously, you know, world famous sacred over here kind of helped me out a lot. But the these King. tutorials, I'm going to send Austin these playlists to put in the description. I'm just going to send King one. Himself, Austin. They are excellent and I love them and I'm not kidding when I say this sometimes I watch them for fun I literally watch them for fun that's how much I enjoy them I am not exaggerating watch one or two of them for, if you want for yourself you'll say the same I, I, I guarantee it alright well I'll be sure to put those in the uh, description that's that's how I am with like reverbs tutorials also I want to video their channel I want to say real quick before I end I feel like recording in Reason is pretty easy, but my only real experience other than recording in Reason is recording in uh, FL Studio. I don't, I don't know about FL Studio today. Oh my gosh, I always... I don't um, like how you record in FL Studio. It's kind of garbage. Like You have to like, like pull up the sampler, then record into the sampler, then cut it up through the, the janky design, and then drag it into your playlist. I don't yeah, like that. And it's like... It's, it's like you know, and, and sometimes when you record, it's like... Uh, do you want to record from this or that? And it makes you choose that. Like for me, at least it's been like, it makes you choose that every single time yeah. you're recording something. I'm like, dude, like that's why I loved GarageBand and Logic so much is cause like, yep. yeah, to be fair, it is sort too. of bad when you can only have like one track set for each input. But like, I mean, dude, at least it's not like you hit, it's not like if you hit R in Logic, it's like, Hey, do you want to record from all these? You may not <laughs> even have all these, but, uh, you want to record from one of them? I would say, too, recording in Logic seemed pretty easy, too. Uh, I kind of liked how it worked. Um, but aside from that, I think Reason and Logic's pretty good when it comes to recording. That's my, that's my only experience. Logic, FL Studio, and Reason. I haven't really used much anything else. I tried to use Ableton once. It was a disaster. I don't know how people use Ableton. It looks cool if you get it. It seems like it has a lot of neat effects, but I cannot get into Ableton. It seems hard. Yeah. And don't even get me started on Pro Tools. I yeah. hate Pro Tools. Yeah, you should go more into that about your hate, hatred for Pro Tools. Oh, no, I will later. I will later. Just not right okay. this second. Let me, can, should I go about Logic or nah? Who wants to go next? Austin? I guess you should since uh, we'll be transitioning after I'm done. Okay, uh, so I use Logic, if uh, you couldn't tell already, uh, I use Logic. You do? Uh, yeah, dude, I know, it's kind of shocking. What? I don't think. Yeah, dude. 
But um, yeah, I use logic a lot uh, because it's just like I started off for one. I I first I don't know what it is with like reason and like Pro Tools and FL Studio and all those other you know Windows based not insult Windows. I use Windows a lot, but like all those other Windows based DAWs. I just never could get my head around them, you know, like I just, it was like, for some reason, I don't know why it was like, they all seemed complicated to me, you know, may reason a little, obviously less, but like I wasn't paying that much for reason, you know? And so at least at the time, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I was, so I just was like, Hey, I'm going to use garage band cause it seems simpler. And so I pull up GarageBand and it, it, you know, and I just started recording stuff with it. You know, it was the only thing that really worked with my Yamaha piano, you know, that I had at least. And it was just fun to goof around with and record different tracks. And then eventually come around 2018, uh, for my birthday that year, I got an acoustic guitar and a copy of Logic Pro X. And at first it was intimidating I will admit at first it was a little intimidating, but then I eventually got used to it and I got to the point where I was able to do like advanced tools and stuff and all that. And it's just, it's, it's, it's simple. It, I, I think it's, I think for what I'm trying to do with my music, which is make it sound as analog as possible. I think logic is like the best thing to use for that stuff because so much of it is based around old analog technologies that were used. Like, you know, like it has, a really like tape based Verispeed system, which if you don't know, Verispeed was like back in the seventies was what they'd use to pitch up people's vocals artificially in the production, in the studio, you know, and it, in other DAWs I've tried who have that have Verispeed, it works in a way where, you know, you crank up the Verispeed all the way or, you know, wherever you want to go, you record your vocal line, but your vocal line for some reason is like, is super like pitched up after that, even though you just recorded it in the same key as the other ones. And which is, I didn't like that, but with logic, it's like, if I wanted to crank up a Vera speed mix up and then record the vocals there, I could do that. And then if I pitched it back to the original pitch, my vocal would be pitched down because I recorded it at a higher Vera speed. And that's what I like it. it very logic is basically how I view it. It's basically a real to real tape player that's digital. Like it's base, it acts in, there are so many ways where it acts just like a real to real tape recorder in ways that are just perfect for someone like me who does very retro music. And it combined with like the waves plugins that I have and all the tape emulators I have, it's such a fun thing to use. And then there's the stuff that tape players didn't have, you know, like flexing, you know, flex mixing to make stuff on beat. You know, that was always fun being able to take a song off of iTunes and drop it into logic so you can remix it however you want. That was always fun. The only thing I don't really like about logic though, is sometimes you'll do something, you'll screw up on one thing and then all of a sudden you screw up everything. You know, you can always undo it, but like, it's just odd. Like one of my least favorite things, the thing that I just absolutely despise about logic, the one little thing that I hate about it is the punching. When you have like the, you'll know what I mean. If you use logic, you'll be recording something, just relaxing, just chill and recording something. And all of a sudden you hit one little button that's wrong. And all of a sudden you have this weird red line going across the top of the, you know, the playhead. And it's like, you can't record anything except in within that space. And you don't know how to get rid of it. Oh, just, I had that problem. Yeah. Ugh. It's such a, Ugh, it's, it's why? such a terrible thing. I don't know why they would use that. Ever. I don't even know what it is. Like I didn't it's understand so that, it completely. I, I, it's just it's meant so that like I guess you know how you have the loop system with the yellow yellow yeah. bar. It's like that, except it's for recording, and it's the most moronic thing I've ever I seen. Figure it's, out how to undo it. For it's like terrible. half my projects I and logic. Hate it, dude. Can I say one um, more thing about logic too? Huh. I don't. I don't know if I did something wrong, but in certain in like in instruments, if I move the knob, let's just say I was trying to like test out a sound. You can't press Command Z to undo that change. Yeah, that's one thing I also have. Whoever a thought with of that, logic. they should be shot. 
Yeah, that's like, why it's I normally, garbage. That's why I like to change stuff with knobs. I use automation because you can undo automation, not but not the actual UI, which is very you know, like if you're changing pan and stuff and level it yeah you can change that but if you're in if you pull up a synthesizer and you change the patch on that synthesizer you ain't gonna be able to undo that you're not gonna be able to undo that just saying reason can do it just not trying to say it's better but i mean come on well guess what you're you're stupid <laughs> that's all i got you're you're stupid uh one thing i've one thing i found that i've never really used for logic they have um a and I see people use it a lot. I barely ever use it. It's a um the the huge mixing board that they have for it. So like what I usually do, and I think it's like the default setting, but I just use it a lot. You'll have like the little library of sounds, you know, you can have, and then to the right of that, I have the info for the track, which is the volume and the stereo output volume. Yeah. But then there's another one that is the mixing board, and that's like where you know, you don't have, it has every single mixer on there, you know, every single channel. Yeah. Every single channel, you know, and I, I barely ever use that to be honest with you. I rarely use it because huh. I just, it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why I don't like, I guess I don't like things taking up the screen space from what is, I like to being, I like being able to see the wave files for the songs. And so I just don't really use it a lot. But other than that, I, I love logic. You know, I, I don't, I, I've said some bad things about it, you know, obviously, but I don't get me wrong. I love logic still. It's one of, it's well, like, you can detach the mixer, you know, you can open the mixer in a different window. Yeah. But I, that's another thing I, I'm, that's, I don't really like having a lot of windows open either. Yeah. You know, I started experimenting you know. with that the other day on my MacBook Pro. I did what Austin did. He likes to detach the sequencer uh, and the mic and the rack and the mixer from all together and he In actually reason. uses it by windows. And if you move, I, I, I couldn't figure out this motion, but once I do, I'm going to love it. If like, I think if you like, like swipe up with like three fingers, something, all three of the windows pop up and I can just click which one I want on the fly. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's three fingers. And, I, and you get a lot more space, like using reason and a, and a 13 inch MacBook pro is kind of tedious. Uh, if you have everything there, like I do on my computer. I liked it like that on my computer. But on the MacBook, I'm going to do Windows separately. I, I like that. So I just, that's always something to consider. I've just never really liked having them separately. I, that's always been like my pet peeve. I like to have as little Windows as possible. I don't know why. It's a weird thing about me. Quirky. Kind of quirky, but, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that's really it. All That's all I got to say about Logic. Love it. Okay, then. I guess it's my turn to defend Studio One. Studio One is the first DAW that I ever used. It I started with uh, Studio One 2.0 free version, which lasted 30 days. Upgraded to Artist after the trial ended. At that point, they were at like 2.5. A few years down the line, they upgraded to version 3. I decided, you know, it looks really cool. They've got some new synthesizers. They've worked on the sampler. The interface is much better. Actually, not really the sampler... More like the the uh, just virtual instrument that has samples loaded onto it. Yeah, just um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's called presence, but anyone who's used Studio One knows that that behaves like a sampler. But they also have a dedicated sampler called Sample One. So, anyways, eventually I decided to upgrade to that. No less than six months after I upgraded to version three which I was on professional at that point, by the way, they dropped version 4, and I couldn't upgrade it to it for free because I had bought my free my version 3 uh, more than three months out. Oh, well. So I'm still on version 3. That's such a confusing thing, too, is when you're looking up, like, Studio 1, you know, you'll be like, hey, you guys, look, we got Studio 1 4, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, they call it stu it's Studio One, but they have the fourth version, so they call it Studio One Four. Oh well, and you're just like, isn't that fourteen? It's a it's a Studio One thing, but see the That's one yeah. gamer dudes, the man. one is spelled out as an as a word instead of just putting y yeah, but like when you you know numeral. what I mean when you when you say it it sounds weird. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Have to I say know. version. Uh, 
I've Studio One again, version four. Again, I've never. You know, I'm really tempted used to check out Studio DOS. One just because you swear by it. So I figure it's gotta be good. Well, I think it's all right because it's very easy to learn. You said that FL Studio was pretty easy to learn, but personally, sort of. Like it is, but the thing with Studio One is, if you learn it pretty well, like if you learn it about eighty percent well, to where you can use it at like eighty percent efficiency, which is not that hard, it will be much easier to learn just about any other DAW. The thing, one thing I, I forgot to mention this, and that gets me thinking because you mentioned like FL Studio and all that. One thing that confused, like I've always just like wished Logic had though, was like a good built-in like through the UI sequencer. Like I know they have like the little uh, like drum synth that has a sequencer in it, but I mean like it'd be so fun to have like a sequencer that works for you know like the acoustic drum kits and not just like having to sit there and program in each MIDI note, you know, and just copy that. It'd be you know. And I, like, I would I see agree, all the other but that's usually happen. how I sequence my drums in Reason. I like to do it in my MIDI clips. But I like the way Reason does it. Yeah, too. same. At least in Kong. Like, Kong is, hallelujah. <laughs> Kong is the reason I'm able to design drums. I would not live without it. Well, anyways, um, Studio One has just about everything that you could ask for. The stock effects that you have are like, they're definitely more than what you get in Reason, a little bit more than what you get in Logic. If you ask me to compare Studio One to all of the other DAWs, the DAW that it is most like is Pro Tools, which I know like Pro Tools is the OG DAW, so like every other, every other DAW is going to have some influences from Pro Tools. In some way or another, the features that you find in Pro Tools are going to show up in other DAWs, because Pro Tools is such a, uh, it has such great variations in how you can use it. The tools that you have for editing in Pro Tools are such that you can just make it work for you in a bunch of different ways. But yeah, there's quite a few things in Studio One that kind of remind me of what's in Pro Tools, which I just started using a couple months ago. And I don't like Pro Tools. Yeah. It's labeled differently, but it's the same kind of things. And that's the way it is for like every single DAW. The uh, practices and editing tools will be labeled differently or named differently, but they'll be the same. And really, this whole conversation is just to say that, you know, a DAW is what you make of it. You can make good music in just about any DAW. You can learn just about any DAW. Mm -hmm. I just think that Studio One is the easiest to learn when you want to uh, take your skills to another DAW. Yeah. Again, you Honestly, got you got drag and drop capability with Studio One. You have mm -hmm. you have um, a excellent way to uh, to pretty much adjust any parameter of a clip directly from the sequencer view without having to open the clip editors because you can right click on any audio or MIDI clip and adjust like speed, transposition. Oh, and by the way, speed and transposition are separate, which is not what you always want because uh, you got your Vera speed, which has a cool sound. Yeah. But sometimes you want them to be separate, especially when you're trying to tempo map. Um, you can Vera put in the tempo of an awesome. audio clip right there. And just in case... It, the uh, tempo information was not imported. You can put that there. You can um, you can do fades right there without having to open up any other dialog boxes. You can do clip volume without having to open up any other dialog boxes, which is something that I wish you could do in Logic. Um, both of those, both fades and clip volume, you cannot do that in Logic without opening another dialog. You can in Reason, but you can't do speed. You can't adjust the speed in Reason or tempo information without, um, in reason, you just have to map it. Logic, you can do smart tempo or auto tempo or whatever that thing is. Tempo detect, speed, beat detect, beat detect. And That's logic, BPM right? detect. Logic. B BPM detect. I tried that once, and I, I wish every dog could do that. Really do. Pro Tools has an even better one for that. 
Yeah, well, I bet, I bet any of them is. I bet any of them are better than Logic's. Logic's like it's nice, it's convenient, but it sucks, dude. Sometimes, like you'll be playing something and it'll sit there and it'll start clicking. You're like, oh yeah, I, I think there's a beat here, and all you keep playing the same beat and you're playing it perfectly, and all of a sudden it cuts out and it's like, oh never mind, there's nothing there, and you're still playing it, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, there might be something there. Nah, never yeah. mind. And it does that like three times until you finally decide to just record it and play it back. And it's like, oh yeah, that's 78 BPM, even though you were playing like 30 BPM or like 178, wow. you know. That's wide variance. But anyways, one thing that Pro Tools has that I have not found in any other DAW, these features might be in some other DAWs, but I haven't found them yet. In Pro Tools, you can snap your selection to transient using the tab key. You can like hold shift and press tab and it will uh, it will extend the selection up to the next transient and it will automatically do it at the zero crossing, which if you okay, know that's pretty cool. If you know what the zero crossing is, you know that that's uh, how you get much cleaner edits. If you don't know what the zero crossing is, basically a sound wave will cross the uh, a sound wave vibrates on both sides of this line in the middle called the zero crossing. And when it crosses the zero crossing, that's like the beginning of the wave or the end of the wave. And you got to cut it there to get a much cleaner edit. And Pro Tools, you can obviously do that automatically because it'll snap to that. Uh, so you do tab to transients. You can make a selection of a loop that you know is four bars, pull up the beat mapping and tell Pro Tools that it is four bars and it will automatically adjust the tempo to match that, to make sure that that's four bars. So like if you have a 78 BPM loop in there that's four bars long, but the tempo is 120, you can make the selection, and Pro Tools will think that you're selecting, like, I guess, um, six or 7.23247 measures, but you can tell Pro Tools, no, this is supposed to be four measures long, and it will automatically adjust the tempo to 78. Just another example of how uh, you can use Pro Tools in a bunch of different ways. But Jacob doesn't think that Pro Tools is worth using. 